This presentation is from Design Research 2018, held in Melbourne. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. This is like this is a topic that we really need to um, drive home the importance of and really consider. Um, please join me in welcoming Ruben Sand to the stage to help us. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, and thanks. It's going to be hard to follow so many great talks, but I'll do my best. Um, so my name is Ruben Stanton. I'm a designer and a researcher, and I'm also a recovering academic. Um, I don't get to use the title doctor very much anymore, so I'm just going to leave it up there for a second. Um, it's uh, interaction design, in case you're wondering. Um, another holdover from my career as an academic means I talk with notes. I think I'm the first speaker to use notes. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I'm also the first consultant, I think, to talk today, which is an interesting position to be in. Um, I'm the co-founder and design director of Paper Giant. Uh, we're a design and research consultancy uh, based here in Melbourne. Uh, we work with organisations and governments and not-for-profits and uh, corporates as well um, to help them understand and solve complex problems in all sorts of different ways. So we walk, work right across the full spectrum of design projects right from uh, discovery research and kind of open-ended sort of life event stuff uh, right through to service and product design and delivery and implementation and evaluation as well. Uh, but as Steve said, I'm here to talk about ethics. Um, my talk's going to start a little bit abstract and it's probably a bit more of a meta level than some of the other ones we've had so far. Um, I'll get a bit more concrete with some work examples and it might get a bit political and abstract again at the end. I'll talk about what I mean by ethics in design research and I'm going to actually present a framework that we use at Paper Giant to help us think through ethical issues in the work that we're doing. And I'm going to use examples from Paper Giant's own practice to talk about that, not because they're necessarily the best possible examples, but they're the examples I can talk to the most if you want to talk to me about them later. So, straight into it, ethics, what is it? Uh, by ethics, I mean the moral principles that govern our work. Uh, in short, how to be good, how does one be good? And our ethics is expressed through action, so it's expressed through our effects on the world, what we do. I'm going to bring up a quote. It's the only academic quote I'm going to use in the talk. Um, it's one of my favourite quotes about ethics in design. Uh, it's from a philosopher named Peter Paul Verbeek. Uh, there's lots of really great philosophers and writers about ethics in design, especially at the moment. This is just one that really resonates with me. Um, and it's a bit small for you, so I'm going to read it. Um, if ethics is about the question of how to act and designers help to shape how technologies mediate action, designing should be considered ethics by other means. Every technological artefact that is used will mediate human actions, and every act of design therefore helps to constitute specific moral practices. So what he's saying here is that by doing design, you're making those actions, you're taking and um, you're having an effect on the world, so you're doing ethics. Um, or even more simply, design has moral consequences, so be deliberate about your actions. So we, as designers and researchers and people who work in this space, have a responsibility for what we make and how it fits into the world. 
So then, what does it mean to be ethical? So to be ethical means to take a deliberate stance towards the world. For example, if I was a fascist, I might choose to do something like this. So I would be interested in imposing authoritarian rule, I'd want to favour the strong over the weak, and I would be interested in suppressing dissent. Um, I'd conduct my research in ways that reflected these particular values, and I'd design products and services and systems and policies that helped a fascist society come into being. Now, I sincerely hope that none of you are doing that. Because I'm not a fascist, um, my ethics and those uh, at Paper Giant are more like this, so we're interested in making positive social change through design. We want to help the most vulnerable in society, and we try to help others, our clients, do no harm. Uh, the point of that little exercise, I guess, is that ethics are a manifestation of your values in action. So you choose your values, and then you act upon them. What we make as designers and research is itself a form of making um, encourages and enables certain kinds of action. So therefore, by doing design, you're doing ethics. So this framework I'm about to present um, is something that's emerged from considered reflection on work that we do at Paper Giant and the kind of questions that we grapple with in the work that we do. Um, it's really very simple. It's basically just a list. It's a list of three things that we like to pay attention to when we're working. Those three things are positionality, participation, and representation. Positionality, who am I in relation to my work? Participation, who participates in the work and in what ways? And representation. How does data get represented and by whom? Alongside these are some points in time. Uh, these are pretty self-explanatory, before the project, during the project, after a project. Uh, they just speak to when you might like to think about the three things on the top line. Um, and there's relations between those three, the six elements. This is a framework, it's not a model, and by that I mean that it helps us to frame questions, it doesn't give us answers to those questions, and it helps us interrogate methods. It's not itself a set of methods that you can use. Okay, that's the abstract part over. Um, going to talk about some project examples to help make the idea of this a little bit more concrete for you. So, one project a couple of years ago, uh, we were tasked at Paper Giant uh, with conducting research into sexual health issues with refugee and migrant teenagers. It was education-related work. It was for a community health organisation. Um, as design researchers, this was a pretty tricky context for us. So we were working with young people, with English as a second or third or even fourth language, um, a very sensitive subject, um, sex and sexual health practices and bloodborne viruses. So, using that framework, if we focus in on the start of this project and think about positionality for a second. We, as white or relatively white, uh, middle class, Australian-born, educated, adult researchers, 
maybe it wasn't okay for us to just recruit some vulnerable young people from a refugee community and start asking them about their sex lives. Maybe. Uh, so what do we do? Uh, participation. Uh, we started with social workers who had loads of experience working directly with the communities that we were entering. Uh, we gave them the opportunity to participate in the design of the research methods with us to make sure that we could create safe spaces for participants to speak freely and openly. Uh, we looked at representation, so we came up with a way of representing realistic and diverse scenarios that participants could actually talk to and about rather than having to talk about themselves. And we designed research sessions that involved the social workers as participant researchers in that process. So these are the kind of questions that we're asking in that situation. Uh, how might we enter this community? How might we give participants the power to speak freely? How might we represent diversity of experience? So ethics is about doing good. In this case, to do good meant consulting with the people that know the community first and being flexible with our methodology to suit a particular research context. Something we always ask ourselves, are we okay with that? Another project last year, uh, we were asked by the federal government to report on the experience that Australians had in dealing with the death of a loved one. So the purpose of this work was to help improve government services across a really traumatic and difficult experience that touches pretty much everyone at some point. Uh, we conducted a whole lot of interviews right across Australia uh, with people who'd lost someone between six and 18 months ago as well as professionals in the space, so police officers and nurses and funeral directors. Um, we reported back on the variety and the variation in that experience, uh, the kinds of services they were interacting with and why, uh, where those points of failure were. Uh, we also mapped that experience to report back to the government. This is an early version, obviously, of that map. Thinking about during this research, um, when you're working anywhere, but especially when you're working with government services and the whole of the Australian population, you're actually working in places that are rife with structural inequality. Uh, so it's not often, for example, that people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds, say, get to talk directly to a government department about how they were let down by that department when their friend died. So how might we make sure that we don't squander on their behalf that opportunity? Here's some more questions. Um, positionality, what are the risks to our participants and to ourselves and how might we mitigate those risks? Participation, how might we make participants feel comfortable sharing their stories, stories with us and how might we be able to do that safely? Um, representation, this one's really interesting in relation to the last talk. Um, what do we summarise about someone's situation? What do we aggregate? When and why might we do that and what actually might be lost in that process? So in this case, doing good meant remembering this. Your participants are people, they're not resources for your project. We had to focus on building safe connections. So one thing about this is we really didn't want this to turn into let's all be amateur social workers for an hour. Um, there was a whole lot of risk involved in just having the kind of conversations we were having. Uh, 
Um, so we had to make sure that we did that safely and we engaged experts to help us with that process as well. Uh, we had to put supports in place to make sure that no one was actually harmed during this process. And our role as researchers in that situation was actually to represent the diversity of experience in a really sensitive way and to treat people, um, people including our staff, as uh, important people that we had to treat with respect and kindness. So our behaviour as researchers was actually more of a supportive one than an extractive one. Are we okay with that? I find thinking about uh, client relationships really interesting from the perspective of, of a consultant, but this probably equally applies if you're an internal team to an organisation. Uh, in this next project, we did some work with a health insurer. Uh, we were conducting research into uh, parents of autistic children and their experience of dealing with the health system. Uh, this was NDIS, National Disability Insurance Scheme related work. I'm sure there's lots of you in the room that have done work in that space. Uh, we interviewed parents, we made journey maps, we developed product concepts and pitches, we ran co-design sessions with stakeholders in the business and the client already had a solution in mind that they didn't tell us about at the start of the project and they'd already started funding it and they'd already started building it. So they were only really looking for us to collect data that supported their solution and weren't interested in anything else. Um, I can hear that some people have experienced that too. Um, so during and after the project, uh, we were aiming to report accurately and in ways that we believe would genuinely help the people that we talk to. The client, on the other hand, had a predetermined business plan that probably, actually, based on the research that we were doing, wasn't going to meet the needs of those people. Tough situation. Now, a bit of a mantra we have at Paper Giant is there's actually no such thing as, as objective data. Data is shaped. It's uh, shaped by recruitment methods. Um, it's shaped by the positionality of the researchers. It's shaped by the questions that you ask when you're collecting it. It's shaped by the questions that you ask of the data as you interpret it. And this goes for quantitative data too, by the way. It's shaped by the questions that other people are asking you to ask and it's shaped by the ways that that data gets represented back to the client, the kind of models that you make with that. So if you think about the kind of broader strategic goals um, that clients might have and the choices that you're making day to day within organisations, what do you actually know about those goals? What are you looking for in the data and why and who's asking you to look in that particular way? Ultimately, how is your work being shaped by the political and the ethical framework of your clients? And when you leave, this is really important, especially for consultancies, but even inside organisations, you do a project and then you move on. When you leave, what kind of design work are you enabling and do the likely outcomes align with the values that you say you support? Your work is going to get used and it's largely out of your control. So what can you do now as designers and researchers to prevent or mitigate misuse of your work? And is it good enough to help an organisation do slightly better or slightly less worse than they might have done had you not been there in the first place? Are you okay with that? 
Now, I'm sure some of you are thinking what I'm thinking. And what I'm thinking is this really obvious question that always comes up in ethical discussions. Who gets to decide what it means to do good anyway? What right have I got standing up here with my boots and my haircut and hanging out in Melbourne and drinking coffee to tell anyone what good even looks like? It's a good question. Uh, this last section of my talk is titled Maybe Just Don't. So just to reiterate, um, ethics is expressed through action. So we need to ask ourselves, what should we do or not do in any particular context? Choosing not to act is still a choice. So this is my last project example. It's a little bit different from all the others, which is why I put it in here at the end. Um, we conducted some research in a partnership with RMIT University uh, into contemporary representations of Aboriginality amongst the Wiradjuri people in New South Wales. Uh, the aim of this was to do some work around helping them do nation building with people who were living off country. We had loads of ethical questions that we were grappling with in this research. Uh, mostly it was about what our right was to do anything at all. What right did we as outsiders have to enter this community in the first place, collect any data, represent that data back to these people? So, not going to read all these out, just some of the questions that we were kind of struggling with at the time. Um, we ended up at the conclusion that the best way to conduct this research was to give people in a community that we weren't part of and could never really be members of a platform to speak to each other but not to us. We actually ended up building some digital tools to help them record conversations amongst each other in the community about their relationship to country and their language and their indigeneity and we built tools to help them manage and interpret that data as they saw fit. So our role really wasn't researching and reporting in a traditional sense. It was designing a research process for other people to conduct on themselves. Sometimes being a good design researcher means acknowledging your limitations and giving away your power. Give away as much of your power as possible to let others with less privilege than you to make their own determinations about what good even means. Are we okay with that? Back to that question, who gets to decide? So designers and researchers, I've used the word privilege a couple of times already. I think that we're really seriously privileged. We get to do things like frame questions, we shape data, we interpret that data for people and organisations and governments, we influence and implement products and services and policies and futures. It's not hyperbole to say the insights that we generate and the models of the world that we create determine courses of action for really huge swathes of society. So on that note, you need to establish your own ethical guidelines. I've uh, talked about some of the ones that we have at Paper Giant. Maybe you guys have other ones. What you need to do is decide what you're okay with. Find ways to lend that privilege that you have to people with less power than you and to let others challenge your moral framework and your understanding of what good even means for communities. 
Design has moral consequences, so be deliberate about your actions by continually interrogating your practice. Now, I've talked about this today in terms of some particular kinds of design and research activities, but I hope you can see how this sort of framework applies anywhere across any part of a design process when you're making stuff. Last point, I guess. Um, design researchers are also really lucky. So we work in contexts where we get to choose. Choose what questions get asked, what data gets collected, what gets shared, how findings are represented, to name a few. Every single one of these choices has ethical implications. And I find this really super exciting because it means that we get to choose to do good all the time. Not many jobs would give you that kind of opportunity. But the most important thing is to continually ask yourself and your colleagues questions and pay careful attention to your answers. Do your actions reflect your values? How are we helping our good version of the future come into being? And are we okay with that? We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Design Research 2018. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.